Hello, this is Ernest Burley Jr., your certified financial planner, your chartered financial consultant, your NFLPA registered player financial advisor, your author of two books on money management, Money Management Easy as One, Two, Three, and Money Management from Grade School to Grad School. These books are being used in various organizations to teach money management and financial planning principles and some insurance concept principles to uh, children, youth, and adults. So uh, I, I, I implore you to just, just go to Amazon and flood them with orders because <laughs> my books are on Amazon. So flood them with orders, uh, get the books for your organization, for your church. I have several churches that are using uh, both books. As a matter of fact, in addition to individuals that are just buy them for themselves and for their family members, for family reunions and stuff like that. So, hey, great gift, right? So support, I appreciate it for past support. I appreciate the uh, current support and I appreciate the support going forward in the future. All right. I'm also an investment advisor representative. I hold the series 663 and 7, which means I have these uh, securities licenses to offer securities products to clients across the country. I love doing that. I'm a licensed insurance agent also with over um, over 25 years in business and I've been in the industry for over 30 years. So I've been out there for a little while <laughs> with the financial services and insurance. So I've been in business over 25 years, helping clients all across the country. I have clients in the North, South, East, West, all over the place. So I enjoy doing that. So my firm specializes in these things, uh, wealth management, uh, investing, so IRAs, 401k plans, uh, portfolios, retail brokerage accounts, things of that nature. Also asset protection, so protecting what you've accumulated, as well as asset growth, so strategically trying to grow uh, your, your funds for you. Financial planning, whether it be basic financial planning or comprehensive financial planning and all different types of insurance. So whether it be life insurance, auto insurance, homeowners, long-term care, disability, business policies, church policies, renters policies, investment properties, jewelry, uh, contractors, business policies, professional liability, the whole nine yards. So anything that's insurance related, our firm is helping clients in that industry too, to uh, help them protect their assets, protect their liability, and uh, do that for clients in multiple states all across the country, right? So maybe a client in South Carolina, maybe another client in, um, in Alabama, Georgia, Texas, wherever, right? So we're, we're helping clients in those various capacities all over the country. So, and we really love doing it. And also athlete management. So um, on the NBA side, I'm an NBPA certified player agent. So if you have some players with some talent, hey, let me know and I can get them in front of several uh, scouts or GMs to take a look at them, right? I was just texting a few uh, connections in the NBA uh, just this past week. Uh, in addition to that, I'm an NFLPA registered player financial advisor. So, you know, if someone needs some assistance in that, in that area, you have someone that's an NFL player, um, by all means, have them shoot me an email and, and I'll see what I can do to help them out, okay? Now, the purpose of this podcast is to educate, to enlighten you, to empower you with clear, unbiased, information to help you um, make some good decisions for yourself and for your family. Clear, unbiased, objective information uh, because I want you to have the good information so you can make the right decision for yourself, for your family members. And sometimes I just had to talk to a guy today who was referred to me by uh, a client. And um, sometimes people say, hey, I'm pretty good at this, but I'm not an expert. I'm not the professional. So call Ernest. <laughs> 
Uh, so I get that all the time, which you know, I, I, I love helping people however I can in the insurance and financial services arena, okay? So here we go. Today's podcast is going to probably be like a series, actually. But So today's podcast is titled Life Insurance FAQs, Part 1. I was going to try to do this all in one podcast, but I started writing down all these frequently asked questions, these FA, frequently asked questions, these FAQs. And I mean, there's a ton of FAQs out there. So it's going to take me multiple podcasts because I'm not going to sit here for an hour and talk. You guys get tired of listening to me talk, right? So, <laughs> and I appreciate those who have listened to the podcast and they let me know. So I, you know, I have a lot of cheerleaders out there saying, hey, you know, I listen to your podcast all the time. You're doing a great thing. Keep sending that information out there and educating the masses. So that encourages me because, you know, you guys aren't right here right now. So, <laughs> but I do have some set. I have to check out my event calendar on my um my my website, ErnestBurleyJr.com or ErnestBurley.com, whichever you want to go to. Check out my event calendar because I have speaking engagements over the next few weeks at different venues. So go there and I'll be talking like this week. I'm talking about actually financial planning, uh, strategic financial investing at a at a venue. Um and then I'll be talking about uh, life insurance at a couple of other venues. So just go look on the calendar. You'll see where I'll be. And I'll, I'll be happy to meet you. Hopefully uh, come out there, check me out. And then you can ask any questions while I'm there and actually get some like real answers while, while, while I'm there if I don't cover your questions here. All right, so here we go. Life insurance FAQs, part one. Okay, because I'm going to do like several more because there's just too many FAQs. And if you have a frequently asked question or just a question that you have in general, you can email it to me and I may add it to future FAQs, life insurance FAQs, okay? So here we go. First one is, what's the difference between term and permanent, right? So I'm going to give you all, I'm going to say term, universal life, guaranteed universal life, index universal life, guaranteed index universal life, and variable universal life. Those are like the main life insurance policies, right? So term life insurance is the low cost leader, right? So it's the one that people normally associate with the lowest cost and you can get the larger amount of coverage. So you can get like a, a large amount of coverage for a small premium. That's what term is known for, right? And that's an advantage of term. If you have a large need, hey, you need a lot of life insurance and you only have a limited amount of money, then a term is the way to go because that's the low premium for that period of time. Now, on the flip side that you have to be aware of is that the rate is eventually going to increase. So after that term is up, 30 years, and there's some companies writing 40-year term now, the rate is going to go through the roof. So after that term, more than likely, you're not going to have any coverage, right? Because you're not going to be able to afford that policy because it's going to go from <laughs> 15, 20, 30 bucks a month or whatever it is to hundreds of dollars per month and eventually thousands of dollars per month. And I'm not joking. I'm serious, right? Um, so yeah, just know that, right? After that term, the rate is going to go up to a rate to where you can't afford it. And even if you try to keep up with it and keep paying for it, eventually that term policy is going to terminate, right? So that's term life insurance, low cost for a high amount of coverage, but eventually the rate is going to be unaffordable and you will eventually be left with no coverage. That's the way term operates, okay? Now, whole life, a lot of people are familiar with whole life insurance. Whole life insurance, actually, now, no one ever really phrases it this way, but over the long term, whole life costs less than term life insurance over the long haul. 
And by what that, I mean, like if you get a quote for term life insurance, it might be 20 bucks a month for like, I don't know, quarter million dollars, like a lot of coverage, right? Versus the whole life may be like 80 bucks or a hundred bucks a month, like multiple times what that term premium is. But what I mean by it being lower cost in the long run is if you try to keep that term policy beyond that 30 year term or 40 year term, where the rate is way up here, like the whole life starts here, where the term is down here, but eventually when that term runs out, your term is gonna go way past what that whole life premium is, it's gonna be through the roof. So like maybe three or four years after that term has up, like after the 34th or 35th year, you will have paid more for that term policy than you will for the whole life policy because it's gonna keep plugging along at that same rate. So over the long haul, whole life actually costs less you live a long period of time. Um, but in the short term, yeah, term policy is going to cost you less. Okay, so whole life, there you go. Lower cost in the long term, but in the short term, yeah, it's going to be a higher premium for you. The, the benefit is you have a same same premium and the same benefit for life. No, no qualms about it. You pay the same premium for life and you have the same benefit for life. You don't run out of coverage with whole life insurance, okay? Universal life. Off is flexible or adjustable. If you see flexible or adjustable premium anywhere on that illustration, nine times out of 10, it's a universal life policy. Now, these policies are, are called that because you can, you can add extra money into a universal life policy. You can pay extra money. You can stop paying into it. It will keep going and eat off the cash value uh, until it goes down to zero. So they're flexible. That's why they're called flexible premium policies. So they have that flexibility, but traditional normal universal life policies, they normally conk out. I, I've seen a lot of, normally they conk out like in the 60s. So if you're in your 60s, when you get to your 60s, normally you're gonna see on that guaranteed schedule for universal life, you're gonna see zeros across the bottom or laps, which means you will have no coverage. So that's the problem with the like traditional universal life policies. Now you also have guaranteed universal life policies which are, uh, they're written, they're universal life policies written to be guaranteed for life. But you have to make sure that it's illustrated that way. So the person, whoever's the life insurance agent, they need to make sure that it's illustrated that you're being charged a correct premium to guarantee it for life because you don't want to outlive your life insurance policy. That defeats the purpose of a life insurance policy, right? You don't want to outlive it. So you want it to be illustrated to go to age 100, 110 or whatever, so you know you're not going to outlive the policy. So because I've seen a lot of GULs, Guaranteed Universal Life Policies, not written all the way for life. I've seen them written up to age 70-something or 80-something, which most people are planning to live beyond that, okay? So that's a Guaranteed Universal Life Policy. Now you have Index Universal Life Policies, or IULs, and those are flexible or adjustable premium also, but they have the potential to get some cash value going in there. Now I said potential. They have potential for cash value growth in those plans. Just like universal life policies have potential also um, for cash value, a lower potential than an index universal life policy, but potential for cash value in universal life policies. But the, the IUL, just a regular IUL index universal life policy, they also will conk out on the guaranteed schedule. So the guaranteed, and I have a podcast that talks about how to read an illustration. I really recommend you go to that podcast, how to read a life insurance illustration and, and check out my podcast on that. So you know what I'm talking about. But when you go down the illustration, 
Eventually, you're going to see zeros on an IUL, just like you'll see on a UL. But if you have a GIUL, which is guaranteed index universal life, which is our next type of universal life policy, uh, those are written to be guaranteed for life also. But just like on the GUL, guaranteed universal life policy, you have to make sure that the GIUL, guaranteed index universal life policy, is also written to be guaranteed for life, not written to be guaranteed to age 65 or 70 or 78. You need to guarantee so you don't outlive the policy, right? So guaranteed to age 100 or 110 or however long you think is going to be past your time, okay? Now, last but not least, we have the VUL, which stands for Variable Universal Life Policy. So variable universal life policies are tied to the stock market. Uh, they have management fees in them. I'm not big on VULs. I, you know, I'm not a big fan of those. Everyone, everyone's got their own opinion. So um, I'm not a big fan of those. They have management fees, uh, and they don't usually have a guaranteed death benefit, right? So with the VUL, you're kind of out there in the wild, wild west, like hoping that your your returns are going to be very nice to uh, to bump up the cash value and to keep that policy going. But uh, VULs usually don't have a guaranteed death benefit. So and, and um, yeah, so I'm not a fan of those. All right, so those are just your different types, your more common types of policies and just a brief description of each one. Um, like I said, this is just an FAQ, so I can't go into much detail or I'll be here all day, right? So here we go. Here's another FAQ. <clears throat> what type of life insurance policies generate cash value? So we kind of went over those just a few uh, seconds ago, right? So just about all of those that we went over, except term, term doesn't generate cash value. So whole life policies generate cash value, universal life does, um, index universal life does, guaranteed universal life does, guaranteed index universal life does, and variable universal life does it, at different rates, different ways they, they generate cash value or have the potential to generate some type of cash value for you, uh, those type of plans. Term policies do not generate a cash value, okay? The other ones do, but they have different ways that they do it. And, um, you know, other plans, you know, different plans have different potential than others as far as those cash value plans are concerned, okay? Next FAQ, and this is a very common one, is permanent life insurance the same as whole life insurance? That's kind of a yes and no, right? So permanent life insurance is the general category, right? And then whole life insurance fits up under that category of permanent life insurance. So whole life insurance is a type of permanent life insurance. But uh, GULs and GIULs are our type of permanent life insurance also. They can be written to be guaranteed for life. Okay, so most people in the life insurance industry and a lot of just, you know, um, common folks just automatically associate whole life insurance with permanent. They say, hey, I need whole life insurance, that's permanent life insurance, which whole life insurance is, like I said, a type of permanent life insurance, but there are other, there, there are other permanent life insurance policies out there, okay? Next, can you buy life insurance on a person without their knowledge? No, you can't do that. <laughs> Unless they're a minor, if it's your child, then yes, you can do that. So you're you know, eight or 10 or 15 year old child, newborn baby, yeah, that's your child. They're a minor. They can't sign a contract. They're your child. They're your dependent. You can write a life insurance policy on them without their knowledge because they're your child, right? Now, when your child becomes age of majority, like age 18, then they have to sign the contract. You can't 
you can't take out a life insurance policy on an 18-year-old, 19-year-old, 20-year-old. I know you're like, they're still my child, my dependent. I'm still paying. They're grown. Not really grown, but <laughs> but age-wise, they're, they're an adult. So they have to sign that contract, which means they have to approve that life insurance policy. So there you go. No, you can't go writing life insurance policies on people without their knowledge unless they're you know, basically your minor child, your minor child, not someone else's minor child, right? If you do it for another person's minor child, then that parent has to get involved and approve that situation, which some grandparents buy policies for their grandchildren. So, so that can be done, right? But the parent has to be involved with that and approve something like that, okay? Right, next, what's option one versus option two on a universal life policy? All right, so here's the way this goes. All universal life policies have option one versus option two. I haven't seen one without that. So option one, basically, the, the options basically deal with the cash value inside the policy. So option one, if you have option one with your universal life policy, say you have a $100,000 policy and there's $10,000 cash value within the policy. When you pass, if you pass, the benefit is going to be $100,000 paid out to your beneficiaries, not $110,000. The $10,000 does not get paid out in option one, okay? So that, that $10,000 is gone. <laughs> it stays with the life company. The $100,000 death benefit is paid to the beneficiaries. Now, if you had option two, the death benefit would be the $100,000 face value of the policy plus the $10,000 in cash value. So your beneficiaries will get one ten. $110,000 instead of just $100,000 with option two in a universal life policy. So universal life or index universal life policies have the option one versus option two. Now, when you're younger, when you're very young, like, you know, teenager or child or whatever, option one and option two, the cost is pretty much the same. But as you get older, there's a, there's a difference. It starts getting, uh, you can see the difference pretty well when you start getting into your 50s or 60s, it's going to cost you more for option two than it would for option one, because the company is saying, hey, we're going to pay the cash value in addition to uh, the actual death benefit itself. Okay. All right. Next, do your beneficiaries get cash value in whole life when you pass? So do they get the cash value in your whole life policy when you pass? No, they don't. Okay, so with whole life insurance, there is a cash value feature in there, which is a benefit of whole life insurance. In addition to the guaranteed rate staying the same and the guaranteed um, uh, death benefit being staying the same, there's also a guaranteed cash value in whole life policies. And some whole life policies even have dividends that they pay on top of that, right? So um, the, in order to take advantage of the cash value, you have to take advantage of that while you're living though. That's the thing. So if you're you know, when you pass, say you have a $100,000 policy and there's $30,000 of cash value in that whole life policy, when you pass, $100,000 is going to pay to your beneficiaries, not $130,000. The cash value in a whole life policy does not get distributed to beneficiaries upon death, okay? A lot of people don't like that. <laughs> All right, now, next question or next FAQ. Can you pay up a life insurance policy? By all means, yes. Life insurance companies are more than happy to, to take your premium up front so they don't have to keep sending bills and all that kind of stuff. So yes, you can prepay policies. Um, I've had clients pay, and you can also prepay like a lump sum or you can do like a 10-year period or 20-year period. You know, they have to where you can kind of pay it off at a certain period of time. I've had people dump in hundred grand at one time into a life insurance policy. I mean, everyone's different though. Every situation is different. So um, 
by, by all means, you can prepay or pay up a life insurance policy. All right, next, next uh, FAQ. Do you get your money back from term life insurance after the term is up? No. <laughs> so no, you don't get your money back, right? You, and it's not a waste of money. So during that period of time, you recovered, right? So during that period of time, you were paying 20 bucks a month for half a million dollars, like whatever it was. If something happened to you, that might, the beneficiaries would have received that benefit. So it wasn't a waste. Um, now, there are term policies that have what's called an ROP endorsement. You can write onto them or a rider. And ROP stands for return of premium. So there are policies where you can add that rider onto your policy. And after the term is up, you get all the premium you paid. Now, not the cost of the rider, not that premium for the cost of the rider. You don't get that re reimbursed, but you get back the premium that you paid towards the cost of the life insurance. So you can get a term policy with an ROP rider on it, return a premium rider on it, and get all the premiums back after your 30-year period of time or 20-year, 40-year, what have you. Uh, that, that is possible, but that's not typical. That's not like a typical term policy. You have to have that rider added onto the policy in order to get your money back, okay? And I think I'm going to end it there, right? Because I have a ton more FAQs, but I'm going to end it here so we keep these things reasonable amount of time. I'm going to ask again that you check out my website, the event. If you go onto the um, website, you'll see events on there or somewhere. Click on events and go to my calendar and you'll see the various venues I'll be at over the coming weeks. And hopefully I'll see you there, okay? So that's it for today's podcast. Uh, takeaways and uh, recap is basically just, I hope you rewind these FAQs because I want you to be just as smart as the life insurance agent. So you know exactly what you're getting, know what you're doing, not being talked into something that you should not be uh, getting talked into very important because I run across a lot of situations where I have to rescue people after they've gotten themselves into a mess. And sometimes I can't because if you're already in there and you're a couple of years in, then it's kind of hard to get out because of, okay, you got the rate when you're, okay, let me not even get into it, but I'm trying to educate you, enlighten you, empower you so you make the right decision the first time, right? So there we go. All right. So I, I thank you guys for listening in. I ask that you forward this podcast to others. Um, uh, and also all my podcasts are on my YouTube channel. So for my YouTube channel to others and ask them to go on there, I ask that you go onto my YouTube channel. It's just my name, Ernest Burley Jr. Subscribe. So I ask that you subscribe and ask all of your friends and family members, church members, coworkers, employers, uh, that, that you spread the, um, the podcast too, to subscribe also. Ask them to subscribe and then click around in there because I talk about a wide array of topics. I talk, talk about everything from real estate to infinite banking, to tax breaks, to buying versus leasing a car, whether you should buy a home, or whether you should continue to rent, whether you should pay off your mortgage early or not, uh, beneficiaries versus wills and trusts, uh, increasing your credit score. I talk about a wide array of topics on my podcast channel or my YouTube channel. So please go there, subscribe, forward it to others and uh, click around there and see what's of interest to you, okay? If you wanna connect with me, very easy to do. Um, you can email me. Ernest at ErnestBurleyJr.com is my email address. It's just my first name at my full name.com. Or you can go to my website and email me from there. My, my website is my wife's website is ErnestBurleyJr.com or ErnestBurley.com, whichever you prefer. And I have a lot of interesting videos and information on my website too that I think will be helpful to you. And I have like little quizzes and 
questionnaires for you to go through. So I think you'll like the information on my website too, but you can email me from there and I'll, I'll reach back out to you. Or you can call my firm, 301-262-2600. Again, 301-262-2600 is the number to my firm, Burley Insurance and Financial Services. All right, now I have to give my disclaimer real quick since I talked about you know me being a financial planner and investment advisor representative, all that kind of good stuff. So here we go. Burley Insurance and Financial Services, Inc., 13621 Annapolis Road in Bowie, Maryland, 20720. That's where my firm is located. Even though I have clients all over the country, my firm is located in Bowie, Maryland, uh, just outside of Washington, D.C. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Next Financial Group, Inc., member FINRA and CIFIC. Burley Insurance and Financial Services, Inc. is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group, Inc. This material is not intended as an offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security or other financial instrument. Past performance does not guarantee future performance. All the views expressed are those of Ernest Burley Jr., Wah, and Burley Insurance and Financial Services, Inc., and not those of Next Financial Group, Inc. Next Financial Group, Inc. does not provide tax advice. That's it for today's podcast. I hope y'all got something out of it. I ask that you, you know, forward it to others and ask them to do the same. Go to the YouTube channel, subscribe, and all that good stuff, okay? Until next time, hey, y'all be safe out there, and y'all take care, okay? Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.